Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. And thank you for joining us once again for a series of information and events for which you can take in and make consideration. A, se- a series of letters that form into words, which form into sentences and... Now, who knows what will happen from there, but... Which eventually forms a podcast episode. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> At least that's the objective. If we have our personal data after this episode, then we'll have a podcast episode. <laughs> well, this personal data thing is crazy. I know you're just leading into your transition, but it's funny how we're talking about this because it's somewhat dated. If you everyone remembers the whole Radio Shack bankruptcy and they basically sold everything from A to Z and we covered a little bit about it but what was not as publicized is the what happened to the actual private data that they've collected over for over 100 million customers including everything from social security numbers to credit card numbers to everything in between well luckily for most people they hadn't shopped at radio shack for a very long time, so I, maybe there's no personal data on file, but... Most of the people are probably dead by now of those 100 billion customers, so... It's been at least 10 years since I've been inside, or probably like 15 years since I went to a Radio Shack. You know those times where like, you just need a cable or something like that, and I was giving a presentation in the middle of nowhere. I say middle of nowhere, just, I didn't know where I was, <laughs> and I needed a cable, so like I had someone going looking around and they ended up going to Radio Shack and then they brought in the wrong cable and they went back and like two or three times and then they ended up not having the cable, of course, that, that I needed. So I was like, oh, what's what's the point of this store? I don't get it. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't your data. If they, if they You had somebody else pay for it or buy it. But True. that was a bankruptcy case with Radio Shack. But it's not just that. It's, I mean, any sort of merger, acquisition, asset sale, any sort of other transaction where let me get the data on this. The hundred biggest sites in the US, 85 of them included language in their privacy policy saying they could transfer user data if one of those triggering things happen, merger acquisition, asset sale, et cetera. And that's 85 out of, you said 100? Yeah. You know, what's interesting about these privacy policies that are pretty much required, you know, California is one of the first, I think we've talked about in the past, it's one of the first states to actually require privacy policies. But you can pretty much put whatever you want. And a lot of times, like like Matt said, they'll say, okay, we won't sell your data unless we are acquired or something like that. So that's best case scenario. But a lot of times you can just say that, yeah, we're going to use your data and we're going to use it for marketing purposes, or they word it in such a way that may not be as egregious, but at the end of the day allows them to do what they want. Yeah. And similar to terms of service, probably even less so than terms of service. People don't read the privacy policy on, on websites. I mean, that's typically it's either at the bottom of the page and a small link, or you have to you know go to the site map and find it that way. It's, it's not something people openly go to. I mean, other than an attorney or someone really interested in tech related stuff, I can't see many other people going to checking that out. Which I think is is not unreasonable because of how much, you know, when you when you surf and enter in forms and so forth, it's hard to kind of go through that every time you do so. I mean, I, I know what I do. I just assume that it's not going to be private. 
they're going to share the information. So depending upon what information I'm giving them, I just have to have that expectation. Yeah. I mean, I, and I would think that's probably what most people think as well. It's, you know, 2015, this isn't the first days of the internet where people didn't understand and thought everything was secure. I mean, things are a lot more secure now in terms of transactions, but people submitting in, you know, user information, I, I think the expectation has to be there. That's not going to be that private, but you know, going back to those hundred sites, which includes some, I mean, hundred biggest sites. So we're talking Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, which is a tease into the Wednesday podcast episode, LinkedIn, et cetera. Only 17 of the top hundred sites said it would alert customers in some way if their data was transferred to another entity. So, I mean, I'm trying to think for myself. I don't know if I've ever, I've definitely gotten emails that we've changed our privacy policy. If there's something I have an account for or something like that, but I, I mean, maybe there's information in there and I probably just don't read them, but I can't remember getting a specific email saying that my data was transferred to somewhere else. And depending upon what the privacy policy is, they may not have an obligation to do so. What's interesting about what happened with Radio Shack is that basically, okay, they're selling this, all their assets. And I think, I can't remember the buyer, but they, the buyer basically purchases all their data, including what they expect is to be a hundred million customers, hundred plus million uh, customer data. And the Texas attorney general and all these other states, and, and I think the FTC got involved as well. They're basically telling the bankruptcy court and they actually file a motion like, look, you know, you can't release this data it needs to be limited. And they ended up getting to some kind of settlement where, you know, of the hundred million, you know, 50 million were kind of sensitive data for which, you know, social security numbers and credit card numbers would be redacted and things, things of that nature. But one of the things that it hinged on, and I think that pushed us over is that <laughs> the privacy policy that was displayed in stores of Radio Shack was that I quote at Radio Shack, we respect your privacy. We do not sell our mailing list. And things like that were enough to really have some sort of protections of this data. But without that, I'm not sure if the FTC even would have had such an argument to be able to block the transfer. Yeah, so that was up in physically up in stores, right? So what it, I don't know what it said on its actual privacy policy on the on the website. But I, I imagine, I mean, that, you know, as, as we joke of people not going to the stores, I, I assume people didn't really shop on the, on the website either. So I assume most of those hundred and I think it's 117 million customers were in-store customers, I would assume. I think I see like Verizon or, or some of the other cellular phone companies also joining in that motion because I think perhaps Radio Shack was selling phones and so forth. So maybe the data they collected was in connection to that as well. And so that may have played a part. But what's interesting is Texas's involvement out of all states, you know, California actually has a right of privacy within their constitution. There's no such equivalent in Texas, yet Texas has been, it's not the only one that they've actually been uh, objecting to, not just Radio Shack. They've also got involved with other areas of interest where confidential information, or I should say privacy information was actually being transferred in a in connection with a sale or bankruptcy. So we've talked mostly about this from the consumer perspective, I think. And so from the business side of things, how does this affect businesses? I guess the obvious thing would be, you know, if you don't have these terms in your privacy policy, you're in the minority. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, if, if anything, I mean, obviously you have to go about it the right way. You can't just say like, 
we own all of your information or, you know, I guess if they poorly word it like that, but it's from a business perspective, especially in California, like you said that, you know, you need that privacy policy. It's if a company or business was hesitant about putting that in their policy, you know, they can feel a little bit more comfortable in doing so. And this isn't just a big business issue because I've seen many times where even like failed startups where you'll have a software product that is being sold over a course of number of years, but then it ends up going under. But in the course of that, there ends up still being substantial value just in the data they've been able to collect. So in other words, even if they didn't make any money, but if they've sold all these services, just, just think if like, you know, Twitter in its early days that, it's a, not the best example, but let's say they didn't make much money but they had a ton of users, but they were just losing money because they weren't being paid anything. Advertisers weren't, but there was a lot of people using it. That data alone is worth quite a bit. And you know, if it went under, they could have sold it if they had the proper privacy policy disclaimers in there. And that's why you know, when, when people ask us about privacy policies, it's, you have to have it in the sense you have to have it be able to disclose how you're handling this data that you're collecting. But you should also construe it in a way that is both in your favor, but also communicate to your users to make sure that you don't get any blowback. I mean, Facebook is famous for this, right? Every time they change their privacy policy, it's on all the blogs and people are scrutinizing it. Yeah, it's it's a situation where people go crazy about it, threaten to get off Facebook and then don't. So <laughs> never too concerned about that. And the I guess what you have to watch out for too, if you're a business is to, let's assume that you have that privacy policy language in there saying that, you're entitled to, upon the sale or transfer of the company, you can give away this personal information or transfer that along with it. The key is just to not have that be in conflict with you know, anything else that you put out there. I don't think it would be contradicted in the privacy policy itself, but don't go around preaching you know, that you're a different company and you respect privacy and all these things and then have that in there. That's the opposite. I, I mean, I don't think that's you know, saying that you support privacy is, and then having those terms in there is a direct conflict, but it's, you know, it's enough for it to make you look bad. Yeah. It's just like how Radio Shack, like they could have had the best privacy policy ever, but then if they put out a sign saying we do not sell our mailing list, then that's enough to cause a big problem. Yeah. I just love uh, bashing Radio Shack just for fun, even though it's, it's an easy target, I suppose. It did look, and they still have Radio Shack is open and here to stay. Over 1,700 convenient locations. Really? There's one right across from the gas station that I think I've mentioned before that I go to pretty frequently, and I just don't really see anyone there. It's next to a 24-hour subway, which I don't know who's going to that either at 24 hours a day. So lots of interesting things on the other side of the road. Before we go, I, if, you, if you guys remember when Facebook purchased WhatsApp, New York Times did a great job in going through deep diving into these privacy policies. And some of them were, you know, WhatsApp and so forth. And it was just interesting. People were describing how when that happened, there was some strange coincidences of, of their belief that the, that privacy information was being shared between the two, which is not unheard of. It makes sense where they would add someone on a WhatsApp contact. And then when they would log on on Facebook, it would recommend them to be a friend. Yeah. And that can get a little creepy. <laughs> I could definitely see people kind of getting annoyed by that. Oh yeah. If it, you just, just close that in their privacy policy, there's no problem. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's what I always come back to is people go crazy about that every time. And they're like, Oh, well how come, you know, well, this happens. It's like, well, 
you agree to it, whether you read it or not. And if you really have a problem with it, you can, there's ways you can have that stop and you just have to do it. And then people are right back on there, not complaining. I mean, a few I'm sure actually follow through with it, but it's people like to complain as we've detailed many times on, on this podcast. That's right. Well, okay, if you want to send any complaints about our podcast, send it into ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. Thanks for joining us. Keep it sound to keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.